What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been doing our own Facebook live show and covering the Chargers for four seasons now called Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, you... All right, guys, you know what today is. It is Wednesday, so that can mean only one thing. It's Crossover Wednesday, and today we're joined by one of the best podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network with Travis Wingfield and the Locked On Dolphins Podcast. So special thanks to them for getting on with us today. But first, we're going to start with Anthony Lynn's puzzling press conference. We talked before earlier in the week about Guys, we wanted to see on the field more, and Anthony Lynn basically shut us all down in that press conference. So we'll take something from that. So we'll take some things from that, and then we'll go ahead and get into the crossover where David and John talk with Travis Wingfield about how they see these teams going into this game and trying to play against each other before giving their final predictions on the final score of the game and how they think it's going to go. So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer to bring you the news of the day. And today the news is Anthony Lynn's press conference. Some members of the media may be intimating that the Chargers should potentially find a way to put Nazir Adderley into the lineup. And Anthony Lynn basically shut that down, saying that Rayshon Jenkins is, quote, playing at an elite level and that they don't want to make two changes at the position, putting Rayshon Jenkins back at strong safety and bringing in Nazir Adderley at free safety. He referenced Jaleel Adai saying, as you saw with Jaleel Adai last year, those positions aren't interchangeable like you may think. We changed Jaleel last year. We changed Jaleel last year to free, and that didn't look too good. So, David, when I read these comments from Anthony Lynn, To me, it just seems like more of the same problem. The Chargers making excuses to not put some of their better players in the game. We know that Anthony Lynn is reluctant to make changes mid-season, but at some point you have to see the detriment that it's having on your team and get the best players in there as possible. And for me to say that Rayshon Jenkins is playing at an elite level after what we saw this week is laughable. There's no way that you can come up with that more of the same frustrating things that fans have been going through who want to see these players on the field and Anthony Lynn coming out and saying, hey, you might see Nazir Adderley when we go to a six defensive back look or when we go to the dime look. So that's not very promising news coming from Anthony Lynn. I don't understand it, Daniel. I mean, is he watching the same tape that we're watching? How could he watch tape on Rayshon Jenkins and legitimately tell everybody in the media that he's playing at an elite level. I I don't understand that. And also, you don't want to move a guy back to his more natural position, the, you know, the position he played in college, the position he's played pretty much his whole life at strong safety, and you don't want to put a natural free safety in in Nazir Adderley? That, that doesn't make any sense. You, you lose two games you shouldn't have lost because you didn't make adjustments and you didn't finish the game. Part of making adjustments is putting your best players on the football field. I don't understand the thought process and what's going on in Anthony Lynn's mind. I mean, you got to hope that he's going to make adjustments at some point. He hasn't shown that he's going to do that so far, but you got to put the best players on the field. And 
and not recognizing that Nazir Adderley's abilities, just natural abilities, is will give you the best position to succeed. It, it's there's a there's a gap there. And at some point, it just begs the question: Why did you draft this guy in the second round? I mean, you're using an undrafted free agent in Roderick Seymour, who's missed time. Jerry Tillery only came back about a week before Nazir Adderley did, so it's not as if he got a full off season of work and he's playing every single week. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And the same goes for his other comments saying that the offensive line from last week will remain intact as far as the starters go. But you maybe will see more Forrest Lamp next week. More non-surprising news from Anthony Lynn, but more frustrating news from Anthony Lynn. Because you look at last week and the Chargers giving up five sacks in that game. And it's hard to think that you could look at that and not immediately say, we need a change somewhere. We're going to start experimenting with different rotations on the offensive line. We're going to start switching things up a little bit and see if we can't find something better. They seem too content with a far below average offensive line right now. And that is reason for concern. And the other reason for concern is Anthony Lynn praising Travis Benjamin for his speed and saying that the offense needs to find more ways to use him and that when he gets the ball thrown to him, he needs to be more consistent. I think that's an understatement. Travis Benjamin this year and last year has been almost useless outside of being a decoy for the offense. And David, when you hear both of those quotes about Travis Benjamin and Forrest Lamp, it just really keeps going along with this puzzling narrative that Anthony Lynn knows what he's doing and that he's just keeping some guys on the field to the detriment of the team and keeping some guys off of the field that could potentially make a difference. What is the worst that could happen by switching up the offensive line combinations? You put in Forrest Lamp, you either have better success or you don't, and then you go back to the same offensive line that you had. There's literally nothing that you can lose at this point. I don't care about chemistry. I care about the best players being on the football field. And as far as Travis Benjamin is concerned, he's not one of those best guys on the football field. He's shown time in and time out that when put in positions to help your team win games, he's been unable to do that. So I don't understand how you can praise this guy's speed when he's barely involved in the offense. He drops the balls, the the targets that he does get, and you're grossly overpaying him it just does not make sense where is the logic anthony just another move in a long line of puzzling decisions by anthony lynn and the coaching staff and i understand the fan base's frustrations when it comes to this and seeing the fact that he's seems unwilling to change he's not even leaving the door open for somebody to come in and potentially get more snaps and i think Last year, when you're 12 and four, you had a lot more to lose than when you're one and two. I think you could make the argument that you should stay the same last year. I don't know what the argument is anymore, sitting at one and two at this point in the season. But we do have two more segments to get into. Talking with Travis Wingfield from Locked On Dolphins, getting into this game with the Chargers coming up right after this. But first, I want to tell you guys about our new sponsor that just signed up to sponsor the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that is Blinkist. Let me tell you about it. It's the most useful app on my phone, one of those ultimate life hacks and my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. It's hard to find time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. 
Blinkist is very unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get to the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. 8 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. I like Blinkist because it's perfect for your way to work, your workout, or whatever. There's so many books that I don't have time to read. And I didn't know there was an option to condense all of that down to about 15 minutes. I mean, I could almost listen to two on my way to work. Some of the most popular books on there are The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Getting Things Done by David Allen, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and many more. Right now with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash LockedOn, all caps, one word, to try it for free for seven days and get 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash LockedOn to start your free seven-day trial today. And you'll also get that 25% off, but only when you go to Blinkist.com and use the promo code LockedOn. Well, I'm really excited to have Blinkist on board with the Locked On Chargers podcast and talking about something that makes me excited. It's hard to talk about getting excited without talking about BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can use them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since BlueChew is chewable, it works up to twice as fast as a normal pill. The best part about Blue Chew, guys, is no more awkwardness. All the doctor visits are online, no more waiting in line at the pharmacy, and all packages are shipped in a discreet package straight to your doorstep. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. If you want to try Blue Chew, which you absolutely should, you can do it for free right now with the Locked On Chargers podcast. All you have to do is go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code Locked on, and you can get that first shipment of Blue Chew for free. All you have to do is pay five dollars in shipping. The product is free, guys. When you go to bluechew.com, promo code locked on to get it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. What is up? It's David and John with Locked On Chargers here with Travis Wingfield of Locked On Dolphins. You know what it is. It's crossover Wednesday. And uh, after a couple of really, really bad games by the Chargers, uh, they get the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, How's everybody uh, on that side of the coast feeling about this one on Sunday, Travis? Oh, it depends on their perspective. If you're one of the fans that still thinks they got to win games this year, then you're not feeling great about it. But if you're on the tank train, like most of us are, then you're feeling great about it because 0-3, looking at a loaded quarterback class coming down the pipeline, and I think they're going to succeed in this tank and, and run this thing through. So uh, we're trying to get out of that mediocrity 7-9, and 8-8 eight window that we were in for about 15 years, and it kind of sucks this year, but we're looking for you know greener pastures on the other side. 
as a Chargers fan, uh, we've had plenty of those type of seasons, you know, four and 12 on numerous different occasions. And uh, it's never pretty. But, you know, hey, if they can get a nice draft draft pick to try to turn that thing around, it's always a plus. So in this one, I think we're going to go over the Chargers offense against the Dolphins defense. And then we'll switch it over and then we'll go to predictions in the second segment. So just to get things started off. Uh, so who do you think the Chargers should be looking at to try and exploit on Sunday on the offensive side? Yeah, so the offensive line has just been an absolute travesty so far. In fact, the entire offense has been bad. Let's just be honest about that. They're averaging 5.3 points per game right now, a field goal and a safety every game. So uh, it's it's all all very bad. Um, the offensive line has been bad when they were healthy. They got through the first two games without anybody going down, and they were, they were just atrocious in those two games. And then they lost two guys last week and had to kick Michael Dieter, our rookie left guard, who's okay at left guard, but he kicked out to left tackle on Sunday. And he is just not suited to play that position, especially if he's going to have to block Melvin Ingram off that right side of the defensive line. So Michael Dieter at left tackle, if he's in there, he's going to have a long day. And pretty much anywhere you want to go after this offensive line, you can just put Rosen on his back. He had 20 pressures on 47 dropbacks on Sunday in Dallas. So it's uh, it's tough sledding for the quarterbacks here in Miami because of the offensive line and the fact that they're just not that good. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa have had a little bit of a slow start to this season, so maybe this is the opportunity for them to get into a good rhythm going forward. Uh, and uh, so on the defensive side for the Dolphins, who are the playmakers? Who are the kind of the guys that you know can maybe wreck this game? Xavier Howard got the big contract this offseason, the one guy that really was kept here of all the quality talent they did have prior to this purge the last month or so. But Xavier Howard had a really rough game on Sunday against Amari Cooper, probably the worst game of his career going back to his rookie season and definitely not the elite cover corner we expected him to be. But I think that he will, like you mentioned with Joey Bosa and, and Melvin Ingram, kind of get right in this game. I expect him to shadow Mike Will Williams, and they'll probably bracket Keenan Allen on the other side of the ball with double coverage. And I think that Howard will get his chances to make some plays. And Williams is the kind of guy, as far as you know, being a taller, more physical receiver, that Howard can really take to task because he he matches that physicality and plays with that strength and that really just alpha type of mentality. Where I think that he could probably stand up Williams at the top of the route and maybe get his hands on the football and get some interceptions because Rivers. To this Dolphins team, for some reason, whatever the reason it is, is prone to turn the ball over against the Dolphins, and I think that Howard's the best bet to get one of those. Yeah, no, I really liked Xavier Howard coming uh, out of the draft to a lot of a good, you know, size physical corner. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to see seeing that type of matchup on Sunday. You know, it's fl- flipping over to the offensive side for the Dolphins. Who are the you know the weapons that you know maybe Josh Rosen's going to look to try to help move the football down the field? The guy that he's really been targeting the most, or at least in the in the limited action he has had, and he even said that he was his best friend, is undrafted rookie Preston Williams from Colorado State. He went undrafted because of a domestic uh, dispute with, I believe, his girlfriend at the time, but he did have 96 catches for like 1,300 yards his final year there in college, and he showed up at minicamp through training camp through the preseason and just continued to ascend up the depth chart, and he plays that long game. He's a pretty good release off the line of scrimmage. He has the size and the speed combination you like at the position, and Rosen has really shown a a trust level with Preston Williams. They'll do this this type of offensive attack where they get their tall receiver, whether it's Williams or Devontae Parker, into the short side of the field in the boundary, get that one-on-one coverage, and allow them to basically do a takeoff route. And he just throws a 50-50 ball. And they've been pulling him down so far for him, so we'll see if that can continue. But Preston Williams is definitely Josh Rosen's favorite target. Oh, yeah. 
Preston Williams or Devontae Parker are matched up against Brandon Faison, that's your favorable matchup, and they're going to have to go with that. But there's guys like Kalen Ballage and Kenyon Drake that I think the Chargers are going to have to really focus on because we, we've been doing really bad in the running game. And if you want to get really against the Chargers' weakness, it's our tackling. And Ballage can actually make some moves in space. He was he's pretty good at catching out the backfield and running. He's an all-around back. That guy was really good at Arizona State. I remember scouting him because I thought I wanted the Chargers to get him in the sixth round. They didn't. In the end of the day, if the Chargers cannot tackle these running backs, that's going to be the real worry because then Brandon Faison is going to be targeted all day regardless who's on there. And if it's Devontae Parker on him, Josh Rosen might have a career day. Yeah, it's certainly possible. And I was actually looking at your guys' roster and who's healthy and, and how much snaps each guys are playing. And I had no idea how to pronounce his name, so I'm glad that you did it for me here on the podcast. But he was one of the guys I wanted to circle. As far as the Chargers tackling mishaps, the Dolphins' running game has done nothing so far. And I know I can point back to the offensive line again and maybe just some of the offensive shortcomings they have. But it's been more Kenyon Drake so far. He had a bad fumble on Sunday. And Kalen Balage has just been, he's been really slow out of the gate so far. He's, he's, his yards after contact average right now is one of the lowest in the NFL, according to profootballfocus.com. He had a really rough game two Sundays ago against the Patriots. He dropped a pass that turned into a comical pick six, and he also ducked under a pass that was headed for his direction. So that wasn't a good look. But these, these Dolphins running backs, to be completely frank with you, John, have been the most disappointing position group for me on the entire team. They've gotten nothing going so far. That's because you haven't played the Chargers yet. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, so I want to kind of get into uh, the, the Dolphins, like, fan perspective, how they're thinking about this game, how they're feeling about tanking, and, you know, I want to get a, a score prediction from Travis, but we're going to do that right after this. Football is back, guys. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sideline with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where your betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should play too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they were not the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Now join join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate this offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win. You get paid. All right, and welcome back uh, here at Locked On Chargers and Locked On Dolphins crossover with Travis Wingfield. I'm David Drogemeyer, of course, joined with John Kegley. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I want to kind of get into how Dolphin fans just in general are kind of viewing this game. How do they expect this thing to go? How are they feeling? 
I mean, so the Dolphins played probably their best half of the year against the Cowboys on Sunday, and they still made a bunch of mistakes and trailed at halftime 10-6, to and they came back out for the second half and just got ran rough shot like they have all three games so far this season. The Ravens put the game to rest in the first quarter, but the Patriots game was a 13-point difference at halftime, and they came out and laid 30 on Miami in the second half, and last week Dallas put up... uh, 21 points on the Dolphins defense so finding a way to maybe continue some of that momentum from the first half the defense has played okay at times they've at least taken advantage of some mistakes of some mistakes from the opposing offenses if they can continue that success into the second half and get anything from the offense in the second half because Sunday they gained about 200 yards in the first half and only had I think it was like 27 yards in the second half so something is going on in that locker room halftime adjustments or maybe they're just tanking I don't know what it is but their second half performances have been dreadful, and I just think that everyone involved around this team, except for a few, are are seeing the writing on the wall that this team is just not competitive in the National Football League. 16 and a half point underdogs in this one. They were 21 point dogs at Dallas. I think it was 21 also against the Patriots. I mean, those are college spreads this team is seeing, so expectations have never been lower, and maybe it's part of the plan. I, I, I think it is, but you know, maybe not this bad as far as the plan goes. Well, speaking... Yeah, go ahead, John. The good thing for you is you get to play against a team that was the Browns' only win for two years. <laughs> so, oh, God, you had to bring that up, didn't you? There's some oh, reason- I had to bring it up. We're playing a team that's been outscored, like, what was it, like 133 to 16, looking to go 0-16. When we played against the Browns, we were like, oh, this has to be at least a win. We have to at least be 6-10 and or whatever at the end of this year, and – Bam, Josh Lambo misses the game, tying field, field goal, RG3 is running all over us, gets injured, Cody Kessler comes in and is moving the ball on us. Ugh. Yeah, what a night. Thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for uh, just refreshing my memory on that. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about here. But, you know, jumping into kind of the tank, I mean, is it pretty – are you guys pretty out in the open about it? I mean, like, you guys want to get Tua with the first overall pick? I mean, is that what it is at this point? Yeah, it really is. And and you, you look around the league right now, and I think there's probably never been so much lack of parity, I think, in the league as there is right now as far as like some teams that are just absolute dumpster fires, whether it's Washington or the Jets, the Bengals, and obviously the Dolphins are part of that. And I think that you know, you heard Rich Eisen on his radio program like last week, I think it was. He came out and said the Dolphins, and he heard this personally, that the Dolphins fell in love with Tua Tungavailoa back at that national championship game, his true freshman season, and have been all in on him since that time. Now, I don't know if that's valid, but it's crazy to think that it could be. And if it is, here's a chance to go get that guy and change the course of your franchise forever. Because this Dolphins team basically built around Ryan Tannehill for seven years, and he just never took that next step. He was always in that kind Kind of you know Andy Dalton mold of not good enough but not bad enough type of quarterback to get rid of every single year and they never drafted guys other than him besides one seventh round pick in that seven year span Stephen Ross wanted Lamar Jackson over Minka Fitzpatrick so he's just tired of this mediocrity and he believes and he's probably right that it starts at the quarterback position because this team since Dan Marino has had nothing at quarterback and he wants to change that. He wants to have the marquee name. And there's no one better right now in college football than Tonga Vailoa. So I, I, I'm pretty sure, I would say with 90% certainty, that's been the plan all along. Well, if Tua was to get hurt, like really serious injury, kind of like what 
Teddy Bridgewater got, what is the backup plan for the Dolphins as far as the QB goes? I, I guess just burn the entire stadium down and collect the insurance money at that point. <laughs> but, uh, I, <laughs> I, I think they would still draft him. Almost, I mean, the Teddy Bridgewater injury, that's, you know, that's talking all-time seriousness. If that happened, that would just be like our luck. So, you know, it, it'd be that so Dolphins. But I think that even if he like tore an ACL, they'd probably still go after him. But if not, I do know the Dolphins scouting staff likes Justin Herbert. They like uh, Jordan Love from Utah State. There's some other options in this class. Not going to be as flashy as Tua, but they are definitely going to go get their quarterback in next year's draft, which makes the Josh Rosen trade kind of interesting. I think they were just kind of throwing, you know, throwing some some tires in the fire, or some irons in the fire there to see what it, you know, what he could turn into. But his development in camp and OTAs just wasn't that good, and so they're kind of already on to 2019 or 2020 rather, and just punting on this season. Well, now that we've gone over kind of the state of the Dolphins here, let's go ahead and, you know, finish this thing up with some predictions. So, uh, John, I'll let you give uh, your prediction here first. Wow, you, you get, let me give the surprising prediction first. Okay, well, historically, the Chargers struggle against the Dolphins. We trailed the all-time series 18-15, to 15, but the real stat is we have yet to win in Miami since 1981, the Miracle of Miami, which was voted in the last Chargers game against the Texans by the fans as the number one moment in the Chargers' history in 60 years. So, coincidentally, we're playing in Miami, a place we haven't won since, the very next week, and I have no confidence in us winning this game, and I think we lose this game 17-13. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the shocking one. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm sorry. I can't go along with that. I'm sorry. This Dolphins team is just—it's not good, and I think I think Travis, uh, you know, knows that as well. And with my prediction, it's going to reflect that. I think the Chargers are going to, you know, bounce back after two really just embarrassing, annoying losses where they just beat themselves. I don't think that's going to be possible in this one. I think the Chargers are going to win this one, thirty to seventeen. Travis. Uh, let's go ahead and lay it down with your prediction on this one. I actually somehow nailed the score for the Dolphins last week, 31-6 to against the Cowboys, so that was pretty cool for me, I guess. But they still haven't covered a spread yet. This one is 16.5 points. I actually think you're going to get the most spirited Dolphins effort so far on this Sunday. And like you guys mentioned, given the Chargers' kind of woes coming east to Miami in that early 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, Pacific time window, uh, the, the, you know, the body clock being behind, all that stuff, the humidity, I think it'll be competitive competitive early and Miami will hang around and stay within two touchdowns. I'll call it 28 to 14 chargers. See, that's the thing when the chargers let teams hang around, that's where it gets ugly because the chargers have let some of these teams hang around. Well, if it and, makes you, if it makes you feel any better, 21 to six last week or 21, nothing in the, in the second half last week, 30 to nothing in the second half the week before. And I think it was 21 zip the first week in the second half. So they haven't scored a point in the second half and they've given up about 8 million. Yeah. But the chargers have been struggling in the second half too. And when the chargers let a team hang around, that means that team's starting to get confidence now, especially teams that are horrible and winless. They start getting a little bit of confidence if they're still down seven or three points in that second half, and that's where the Chargers tend to crumble. That's what worries me in this game. Well, what should give you confidence is you're playing the Miami Hurricanes this weekend. (laughs) Hurricanes are better, bro. I know they are. All right, all right, all right. Well, uh, Travis, go ahead and uh, before we wrap this thing up, let everybody know where they can find your fantastic work. Absolutely. So the daily Locked On Dolphins podcast, Monday through Friday on the Locked On Podcast Network. I write for LockedOnDolphins.com as well. And you can find me on Twitter. It's my last name, at WingfieldNFL. 
Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time and uh, best of luck this season. Yeah, you too, fellas. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, that is going to wrap things up for today's show. A special thank you to Locked On Dolphins for coming on with us and Travis Wingfield, who you can go follow right now for some of the best information in the NFL at Wingfield NFL on Twitter. And you can follow the Locked On Dolphins on Twitter at Locked On Fins. If you guys want to follow us, if you don't already, make sure to go to Locked On LAC and follow us there. And also like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers. If you guys want to get your questions in this week, make sure to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. Every voicemail we get about the Chargers gets played on the show, so make sure you guys call into that or ask us questions on Twitter. And if you don't already and you want to get the podcast faster than anyone else, make sure to subscribe to us. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast, and you can usually get it the night before everybody else. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow, continuing to break down this game against the Dolphins this weekend and hopefully talking about how the Chargers can win this game coming up. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.